to the Find A Way podcast, where we celebrate the remarkable journeys of immigrant entrepreneurs who have founded startups in North America. And we are your hosts, Beatrice Anatelli and Ingrid Polini. Join us as we dive deep into the personal stories of these inspiring individuals, exploring their challenges, triumphs, and the diverse range of innovative companies they have built. This is episode number 66, AI Healing. Today, our guest is Nardine Nakla. Nardine is a co-founder and CTO at Simuno, where she combines her knowledge in engineering, machine learning, and neuroscience. After gaining experience as a regional electrical engineer at Procter & Gamble, Nardine's passion for research drew her back to academia. This led her to pursue a PhD in neuroscience at McGill University, where she utilized machine learning and diverse modeling techniques to investigate the brain's information processing and learning capabilities. As a CTO of Siminome, Nardine leads the company's research and development efforts, focusing on innovative AI models that simulate disease pathways and predict drug efficacy outcomes. Welcome, Nardine. Thank you, Bea. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for your time. And before we talk about your journey, can you tell us uh, some more about your business? Sure. Uh, So our business, we build disease models. So basically, we simulate interactions that lead to disease disease progression in the human body. And uh, that's on, on, on a computer, so in silico models of those diseases. And once you have those models, you can simulate the perturbation that a drug can cause uh, in this model or in this simulation, and then you can predict efficacy of a drug. You can you can predict if this is a good drug to go after or not. So that's pre-development. That's like early in uh, stages of developing a new drug, uh, and and we use that as well to find new treatments, to find the right target po- uh, populations for different drugs because sometimes drugs work on some populations and, and not others. Yeah, these are the kind of services we uh, we do in uh, in our in the startup. That's amazing. <laughs> I was impressed by your background, and um, I'm so curious to to dive much deeper into your business. But can you share more about your background and what was the specific turning point for you to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think my story is not very typical. I did not see myself as an entrepreneur at all growing up. Uh, I did like science, and I like research. I liked research a lot. Uh, my background, uh, I, I really wanted to study physics. Uh, and then um, for practical reasons, I ended up studying engineering in my undergrad because I thought I'll have more job opportunities. Plus, I'm going to start the physics with in- study the physics with engineering. So I finished my degree and uh, I started working, uh, as you mentioned, in Procter & Gamble. And uh, I was working as an engineer. I was uh, looking, uh, overlooking projects in the whole region. I was back in Egypt at the time. Uh, and I was so young to like take care of projects like in, in Middle East and Africa and some in Central Europe. But I gained a lot of experience during that time. But I also learned about myself that I don't like corporate worlds. I don't want to work in a big corporation when things are, um, you don't have a lot of uh, space for creativity and in, in, um, in developing solutions that you want to develop or helping someone in a, in a different way or an innovative way. So I went back to back to school after that, and I changed uh, major, and I went back to school to study uh, physics. 
So, and I studied a master's actually in biophysics and I, I did some research in Germany at the time. Uh, but at the same time, I got so interested in neuroscience while studying biophysics through the professor I was working with um, in Germany. So I was inspired. So I started applying for neuroscience programs here in Canada because my, my, my siblings have moved to Canada by that time. And um, I got accepted in a neuroscience program. So I left. <laughs> I dropped out of my master's program and I came here to study neuroscience. And chose one of the best universities, right? Because McGill, I'm I'm a big fan of the work they do, and I know it's a really amazing. Uh, yeah, university. and their neuro, yeah, their neuroscience program also is very, uh, very. It's a very good program. I I was very lucky to be part of it. I'm curious, uh, like, to what extent of exposure do you have in a neuroscience course? I'm actually curious to ask you that. I know it has nothing to do with your business or your immigration journey, but if you want to, if you can tell us a little bit more about that, I, I would love to hear it because I'm a big fan of, you know, researching the mind and going, diving deeper into uh, conscious subconscious mind, what leads us to our actions and all of that. So I'm kind of curious, what do you see in that course? <laughs> Uh, you mean in the PhD program? So I, I was very, yeah, same thing. Like I was very intrigued by understanding the brain. And I thought, okay, like if we can understand the brain, then that's going to be, uh, because it's the most complex thing we know in biology. Um, and biology is very complex on, on its own. Uh, so um, so I was very intrigued with like, how, how do we process our our perception of the world and 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 I really wanted to understand how that works in the brain. Uh, so, in in the program, you study a lot of the basics uh, in neuroscience. So I studied um, like I had a ba- the principles of neuroscience classes, but we focused in the research with uh, with uh, my professor uh, Christopher Pack. We focused on understanding how the brain processes visual perception because if you want to start how the brain works, you want to understand how the brain works, it's better to start with the simplest thing uh, because because once you understand how it processes like like uh, visual perception or audio perception, then that makes it easier to understand the more complex functions like consciousness and, and like um, cognition and, and a lot of more higher order functions. So it was really like we were listening to the brain, like which which was very cool. Like in the experiments, you listen to the brain um, responding to different visual stimuli, wow, uh, and analyzing <laughs> those signals, and then try to model this and see can we predict this? Like can we put this on a model and be able to predict how the brain would respond next time? And that was uh, the core of uh, my work That's in amazing. the PhD. Wow, I'm impressed. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that and more details into that. Um, When you started, you you mentioned that you you ended up going um, the opposite direction of of corporate world, and I know and I I understand the the reasons. You know, you're able to take make decisions on your pace and change the the path you want to go much faster than in a corporate setting. But what were the main challenges that you had experienced uh, starting up this business? Could you highlight some of the main challenges you had in this journey? Oh, my God, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you you basically, like, I had, I felt like I had zero training in how to do this. And no one is prepared for it because even if you know what to do on the technical side, which also was a challenge in itself, 
there's a lot more things you need to deal with that you're not like you have to do HR, you have to do uh, I don't know, like you have to do you have to negotiate, you have to learn uh, business techniques, uh, contract con- contraction and and legal legal things. So there was a lot that like at the the beginning is very hard and we're still challenged by a lot of things that we haven't done before. But definitely a, a great experience in terms of learning because uh, it expands your skills dramatically uh, because you have to fa- you face a lot of situations that are very diverse. So yeah, I mean I can't name one main challenge, but I would say just ha- like being able to go forward in the middle of uncertainty was r- the real challenge, especially at the beginning. Because the more you like, you meet some milestones. The more you, it's easier to keep going. But at the beginning, when you haven't met any of your milestones and there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, it's really like having the drive to keep going. I agree. I agree. Um, did you have any? Did you build any support network while starting off? Were you part of mm. a business accelerator or a group? Yeah. Of- yeah. Okay. I think that yeah, that that helped us dramatically. Without okay. without the network we built, without the accelerator programs we've we we've gone through, I don't think we would have we would have made it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those them. too. It's yeah, impressive yeah. how how much we gain from other uh, peers. You know, the peer to peer interaction sure. and mentorship and all of that. So I'm very, I'm a big fan of that for sure. Um, what the the funny thing is that the question that the guest from next the last episode left for you i think it's okay. going to curious to see what you're going to answer uh the previous guest left the following question what percentage of your success in psychology no what percentage of your success is psychology and what percentage is ex- execution <laughs> how would you oh frame God. that in your in your story um I would give a bigger percentage for psychology than execution. I'd say maybe 60-40. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to do with with uh, facing that challenging, that challenges, uh, keeping the team motivated, uh, having a good mindset, a positive mindset uh, towards the the. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to call it failures because sometimes. You try things, they don't work. You have to try something else. So you have to come with a mindset, okay, this is a learning and we're prepared for failing. So if we, if you start off with a mindset of, okay, this has to succe- succeed, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a big disappointment because things don't succeed from the first time. So a lot of it is, is internal work working on, on my <laughs> perception of, of, of uh, what's happening around me and what's happening in the business and what's happening in the team. Uh, but also execution, obviously, is, uh, is a big one. So I'd, I'd give it 40%. Okay, amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I know you're from Egypt and you mentioned that you did part of your career in Egypt and then you immigrated to Canada. Can you walk us through your immigration journey and any challenges that you would like to highlight on this process that you faced uh, over the past years? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I I came here as a student. So I before I come to Canada, I applied for the PhD program. I came actually... Before I come as a student, I came to visit my siblings. Uh, 
on a tourist visa and uh, I got an internship opportunity in the same lab where I, like in a lab, no, in another lab actually, uh, in the same university at McGill. And um, I did like a few months of training and then I went back to Egypt and I decided to apply for the PhD program in uh, in, in McGill because I, I got uh, supporting letters from the professors here. Uh, and yeah, so I got the student visa at the time I came here, I moved to Montreal. It was, I uh, didn't know anyone here in Montreal. Um, my, so my family, uh, they were all in Toronto. Um, and I came in the winter. <laughs> so that was a big shock. To come. If you come <laughs> in the came, winter and stay, I, it's because you really love the place. <laughs> I really was not prepared at all for this. <laughs> uh yeah it was a big shock the winter definitely was a big shock uh yeah i mean i've I've seen snow once in my life before coming here but it was like it was very mild i saw it in germany and in in egypt we we never get snow uh it came here in february and when you can't see the streets like it's all white (laughs) um yeah so that's uh that's how i came here finished my PhD and I started applying for a permanent residence. Uh, that was another process too, because it's a, it's a very long process. Yes. Um, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like this is how it started. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. We, we like to talk about the immigration journey, um, Nardine, because there are so many different pathways that people come and, um, of course, we we interview a lot of, uh, well, our core podcast guests are immigrants and entrepreneurs, but some come through Startup Visa, some come came studying and then became entrepreneurs as well along the way. But we always like to highlight the different path and journey that led us here. And um, some take very long. My process yeah. took 33 months to get approved with the IRCC. So it's like something that we always like to shout out if there's anyone ever in the IRCC listening that they could, you know, speed things up for us. Yeah, I didn't get my PR cards yet. (laughs) Oh, man, so it will come soon. (laughs) I've been I've been living here for nine years now. I still uh, don't have. Oh, my. It got approved. Thank God. So So now you're waiting for the card. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's a long process. I have a friend that took seven months to get the card at her place. So. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. mine was five weeks, so that's that's a good thing. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Let's cross our fingers and hope it comes out soon. Um, can you? Would you like to share with us any specific difficult decision that you had to made make in your business um, ever since you started, and how you overcame that? Something that was like that you. I don't know, comes to your brain. You're just like, this is something very critical that I had to oversee and decide upon. I know we make decisions every day and it's always uh, difficult decisions, but is there any specific one that you'd like to highlight in this entrepreneurial journey and how you overcame that? Uh, yeah, I think my, I think our, like as an, as a, as a startup, our most important decision that we made and maybe one of the most difficult ones as well was uh, getting an investment and moving in that direction and choosing the investors because also they're partners with you along your journey. Uh, So that was something that was super critical. I wouldn't say it was a challenge, like 
a challenge, but more more of a, a very important decision that we really needed to be a very um, very uh, careful in studying our decisions. Okay. So yeah. And if you had to give two advices to an entrepreneur, they reach out to you and say, "Hey, Nardine, I'm starting a business. Um, what a what advices would you give me? What would those be?" Uh, I think the first one, which really like about like about addressing market needs, is really listen listen to your clients, listen to the people that are going to buy your product, because sometimes we have ideas and and the idea makes a lot of sense to me, but you really need to listen to what people actually need because this is where we should start building the product. Like this is where it should all start. So I learned a lot. Like this, I didn't know before we started. I, we just had an idea. We thought it's a good idea. I mean, it is a good idea. But the more we learn from our clients, the more we're able to actually address their needs and, and fill the gap. Yeah, amazing. And I want under I want to understand, coming from a neuroscientist, how do you stay motivated and focused on your goals, professional and personally? Um, I, I think I, I learned how to be forgiven to my, forgiving to myself because, um, it helps that you give yourself credit, uh, that you give yourself the chance to, sometimes I'm not as productive as I want to be, uh, in, and allow this to happen and understand, okay, sometimes I'm much more productive than other times. Um. So that really keeps me going. Uh, it keeps me away from being very, um, like, from losing hope. Uh, so that's uh, that's how I do it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, and can you discuss, uh, thinking back on your journey in Egypt, I know you mentioned that your siblings are in Canada. You've been here for nine years. Um can you discuss any notable contributions or initiatives that you've taken in um, in your adopted country, Canada, to give back to your community in Egypt? Is there any is there still any link to your community back home? Or I know that home is Canada now, but your previous home, Egypt. No, yeah, they're both home. Um I do, I do. Obviously, I'm connected to uh, still my friends uh, in in Egypt. I work with, uh, like, I I have a lot of discussions with entrepreneurs that are there as well, and I learn from them. Uh, we hired someone in Egypt at some point, uh, uh, remotely. So there is, like, I there's no like uh, a formal way that like maybe I'm giving back, but I'm keeping in touch and. Um, Whenever someone uh, is starting their journey, I, even like in Egypt or outside Egypt, I mean, anywhere, like I am happy to discuss and, and share the things I learned. Also, I learned from people there as well. Um, yeah, but definitely I'm still in touch um, and I'm happy. Like if there is, I, I don't have an initiative in mind, but I think in the future, it's something I always had in mind is to like start a scholarship program. Awesome. Uh, where students can, because I got like I got here through a scholarship too, so I I think it contributed a lot to to my journey, and I think it's something that could change the the path of someone, uh, and 
allow them opportunities that they can use to do something good for humanity. So that's something I have in mind. I haven't started working on, but uh, something I have in mind for the future. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I hope you you you're able to put that in, put that to life as soon as possible. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, now diving into more of your personal aspect, uh, I'd like to understand what is success to you. Success to me is doing my best. True. Yeah. I like that. Do, doing my best. Yeah. Simple and deep. Love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and also the personal side. If you, uh, these are some fun questions I love to ask the guests. Uh, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be and why? Mm, yeah, I always say uh, to fly. But, um, yeah, to be able to fly. But this has nothing to do with being an entrepreneur. This is just like, I want to try. <laughs> it's just for fun. Just fine to see things from the top and being able yeah. to yeah. join the yeah. parties. The, the, the feeling of freedom. Like, uh, I, I, I think I, like, I want to experience that feeling of freedom, being able to be free from gravity and <laughs> fly. <laughs> Without falling on your face, right? And getting hurt. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nardine, I'm going to switch to some rapid fire questions um, now. So I'm going to choose four questions. I'll give you two options and then you just pick whatever uh, suits you best. Um, city life or countryside? Countryside. Countryside. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Vintage fashion or latest trends? Vintage for sure. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, phone call or text message? Depends on I think more text message. Okay. And dancing or singing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a terrible dancer. Uh, so if it's... If it's for me, if, if no one is watching, I choose dancing. But if someone's <laughs> watching, I choose singing. Well, I'm such an awful singer, so. <laughs> <laughs> there, we compliment. You, you, you sing, I'll dance. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's even funny. My daughter, the other day I was singing. Uh, we, we speak Portuguese at home. And then I don't know what I was singing. And I was singing in Portuguese. And she always complains when I sing whatever language it is, but especially English, because most of the songs we listen to are in English. Yeah. And then one day I was singing in Portuguese. She's like, oh, mom, you don't suck as much singing in Portuguese as you do in English. I'm like, oh, okay. So there's a difference there. There's actually a difference. I found there is a difference. I Yeah, I think I sing better in Arabic than in English. Really? So there is there is science to it. I, I didn't know. I, was just I don't like, know there is science, but I observed this. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, thank you, I guess. Thank you. So at least I don't suck singing in Portuguese. That's that's comforting. <laughs> if you uh, always, we collect, we love to collect uh, books uh, from our guests. If there, um, would you like to leave one or two books with us that we could? Yes. Okay, please. Yes, yes, yes. Daring Greatly. I love that book. Brene Brown. Yes. I love her. Yeah, I love that book. Um Especially like I'm the kind of person who could be self-critical, and uh, and like the 
like I learned a lot from that book and I learned how to handle myself critic. Amazing. Um, yeah. Have you seen her uh, Netflix uh, documentary? It was like a presentation, The Call to Courage. No, I haven't. I'll look oh, it. check it out in the Netflix. It's amazing. And I have, I mean, I learned so much from that. Um, it's a presentation she has. It's like a documentary she's presenting to a group of people and she gives so many amazing insights. And she talks, in fact, about how the, um, the tries for the Daring Greatly cover of the book uh, the many attempts of creating the perfect uh, cover for the book. It's pretty funny. You, you'll have fun. Um, oh, okay. Well, thank you that. for, for <laughs> that. Yeah, I'll watch it. And if you have, um, if you had to leave a question for the next guest for them to answer, what would that be? Yeah, it's something that I struggle with because as an entrepreneur, your your mindset is usually more on the creative side, less than on the structured side. So I find it hard to stay organized and structured. And I want to ask the next entrepreneur, how do they structure or how, how do we, how do they establish a routine that keeps them focused? Okay. How do they stay? Uh, okay. How do they stay organized and keep the, the routine? Okay. Perfect. I love that. I have that. The next guest will be answering that. And I'm just so grateful for your time, Nardine. It was so lovely talking to you. (laughs) It was lovely talking to you too. And uh, I'm very curious if there is any way that we can reach to check your your, uh, thesis uh, that you came out of the PhD program. I would love to see. Oh, it's online. It's 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 online? Okay. So I'll look it up because I'm very curious to to see all of that. And I appreciate you spending this, you know, this hour with us. Uh, and thank, thank you, you for telling your story. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Well, this was our episode number 66, AI Healing with Nardine Nakla. We'd like to thank all of our listeners and would like to remind you that we will be posting one episode bi-weekly, always with a different guest. So make sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform.